Welcome to Leaders Recon, where we will be discussing leadership, warrior skills, and other unique opportunities within the G3 Leader Development Branch. I'm your host, Sergeant Jeremiah Miller, and today we will be discussing developing yourself as a leader and making the most out of your drill weekend. With us today is none other than the Command Sergeant Major of the Army National Guard, Command Sergeant Major John Sampa. Sergeant Major, welcome to the program, or welcome back, I should say. Well, I'm glad to be here and motivated, excited, and uh, thanks for having me back. Absolutely, Sergeant Major. Thank you for making the time. And I'm really excited for this episode today because, and it's entirely for selfish reasons, I have been saving this question for months and I didn't Google it. I didn't cheat. I wanted to hear it directly from you. We knew you were coming on the program, Sergeant Major. So a young E1 Private Miller was at boot camp and he was walking across the grass. And I was told to get off the Sergeant Major's grass, I may have done some push-ups at the time. I did the, the half right face. Can you tell me the story? I know the Army is steeped in tradition. Can you tell me the story behind the Sergeant Major's grass? Okay, well, first of all, I, you know, I'm always asked unusual questions and uh, that could be an unusual question, but it ain't, it's not. And so, but uh, when you was walking across that grass, did you have a perfectly good sidewalk to walk on? My memory's a little fuzzy, but I'm gonna go ahead and plead the fifth. There was probably a sidewalk very nearby. Got it. So basically the reason why you probably walked across the grass is to take a shortcut. Mm -hmm. So there's two reasons why you don't walk on the grass. One is because we want the grass to look pristine as it's supposed to and not beat up and dead. Mm -hmm. But primarily people walk across the grass because they're trying to take a shortcut. Mm. And in the army, we don't want to take shortcuts, especially as leaders and as soldiers, because shortcuts get people killed, shortcuts get people hurt, and shortcuts diminishes accomplishing the mission. And so when we instill not taking shortcuts, we have a safe soldier, we have a well-trained soldier, we have an experienced soldier, and we have a unit that completes the mission because they didn't take shortcuts. Absolutely. And I've got to tell you, Sergeant Major, I'm so glad I waited because I knew you were going to be so much more eloquent than Google. Actually, I, you know, I, I never even thought of it like that. So that it's, it's a really interesting perspective to yeah. hear. So because again, when next time you think you're going to walk across the grass, take a shortcut, think about all the experiences that you may be missing out on because you took that shortcut. Mm, absolutely. So it, 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 you don't, you're not developed as much as you probably could have been developed because you took a shortcut. Mm -hmm. And so Sergeant Major, um, just to kind of switch gears a little bit. Uh, and we've, we've had you on the program before, so we wanted to change it up on you a little bit okay. and ask you an out of left field question, but what's something that's unusual or uh, kind of like a, a fun fact about you that maybe not a lot of people know? Well, I like uh, telling corny jokes. Uh, I like hearing corny jokes. Uh, you know, my family uh, uh, laughs at me all the time because they, they come and they, when they see me, they probably say, what kind of joke you got for us today? Or kind of joke. And a lot of times it's jokes that I heard from other folks. I'm just restating the joke itself because I find it pretty funny. And so uh, I, I just like listening to a, a corny joke here, you know, every now and then. And also I like telling because it breaks the ice. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, then I might break the ice with this, Sergeant Major. Why do melons get married? Uh, I don't know. They melanized. <laughs> because they can't elope. They can't elope. Okay. That was corny. <laughs> it, it was corny. So we sorry. say, take that back to the cornfield because it was so corny. <laughs> but I got a joke for you. All right, let's hear it, Sergeant Major. So why is it not good to play cards in the jungle? I've heard this one because there are too many cheetahs, Sergeant Major. You're absolutely correct. So you heard that joke before. So I have. my point, you thought it was corny, <laughs> but then here we are talking about it again. So yes. Absolutely. Uh, so I understand, and we, we talked a little bit about your background before. I know you worked a, as a state trooper. Uh, you have you have this incredible background in, in just service and public service. But um, I, I understand in your, your free time or, or your, one of your hobbies is to tinker around your, your ranch. What, what does that kind of look like? Well, I, I like going out there uh, uh, because for more for relaxation. Mm. And so, uh, you know, with the, you know, the, the tempo of everyday life in the city or your job, whatever it case can be, going out to the rural area just kind of uh, more relaxing for me. It kept me to get recharged and think about things and sure. and you know meditate on things that kind of stuff. So uh, I like going out there and, and just kind of tinkering around with 
but my, you know, as we say, as we get older, our tires get bigger. So instead of having a little talk, a tanker truck, uh, tractor, whatever, that I'm pushing around as a kid, now I have one that, that I can actually uh, tinker around with and, and work on itself. So uh, that's why I like going out to the, mm-hmm. to the farm itself and the ranch itself and, and just kind of relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to decompress, Sergeant Major. And I've read scientific studies that say contact with dirt uh, is, is good for, for your overall health and right. especially your mental health. They say it actually helps with depression. Well, it's not getting, getting close to nature. <laughs> you know, nature is, is real nice. So it's getting close to nature and with that relaxation, yes. Well, now I understand why the infantry is so happy. They're constantly in dirt. They're constantly dealing with nature. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. So moving forward and, and into that, that drill weekend and developing yourself as a young NCO, I know when I was coming up, uh, I, I would, you know, so young soldiers are sponges. I watch good NCOs, I watch bad NCOs, and I took away lessons from both, you know. That, that good NCO had a habit that I found effective or useful, went right into the toolbox, and you might see that, that leader who isn't effective or maybe even a little toxic. Yep. Uh, and and that those th- those lessons go into, I guess, you know, the do not disturb zone, if you will. But after I moved on from that and, and I picked up E5, uh, all this time I'd been looking at leadership and it looked like a circle. And when I got into that position, I realized it was really a sphere. It was much more dimensional. And I had to re- reevaluate a lot of the things that I thought I knew and a lot of the things that I had planned on doing as a leader. I had to totally readjust. What are some techniques that you think that soldiers can use, Sergeant Major, to preempt that feeling of disorientation and be prepared for it and, and overcome that? Well, you know, rank does not define if you're a leader or not. You know, so even though you may be a E3, E4, if you have leadership skills within you, you can start being a leader then. You don't have to wait till you become an NCO to say that I'm a a leader. So leadership starts the minute you put the uniform on. And so that's when you start developing yourself to become that leader. So when you actually in the position, you can handle this a little bit better because you've been developing yourself from day one. Now you mentioned about, you see certain type of leaders. And so in that development stage, you start looking at certain type of leadership style and you can identify what type of leader you want to be. You may not be that exact person, but you can take a little bit from that, take a little bit from this person, and then combine it to what you want to be mm-hmm. and, and make it to it. But you know what you don't want to be, and you know what you do want to be. And then when you get in that position, then that's when you make it happen. So I always say, you know, when I, if I ever become that leader in that position, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so when when I got there, I already knew some of the things that I want to change or or improve on mm-hmm. or how I want to be because before I got to that point, I already knew how to prepare myself for that. So when I got there, mm-hmm. I just just executed it. So it all about set and go. So you know, I'm an E4, and I said, well, when I become that E5 sergeant, these are some of the things that I want to do as an E5 sergeant. So you start working on that, and then. Mm-hmm bam, I am now promoted to E5 sergeant, and now it's time for me to execute. And so I'm not just starting from ground zero. I started when I was at PFC. I started when I was at E4. Now it's time for execution as the E5. Mm-hmm. So some of our guests have talked a lot about mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was a young E3, E4, uh, that made a lot of difference for me and, and helped prepare me for uh, that, that leadership role when I did attain E5. How do young NCOs or, or young soldiers go about finding effective mentors and what should that e5 to e4 e3 or uh you know staff sergeant start sergeant relationship look in terms of uh, mentorship and left seat right seat great question so uh you know in today's society uh today's world we've you know we've gotten away from just having simple conversations with each other Mm -hmm. we want to conversate through text message uh, Facebook or whatever now, and you say email because not everybody people really use email. It's all Snapchat and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so there's no one-on-one uh, conversation interaction like you and I are having right now. Mm-hmm. So when I came up uh, in my leader development, I got a lot of this one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And so for the young 
soldiers, young leaders of today, I still say that's still your basis. I mean, you can still come, you know, have conversations or or uh, communicate through the technology of today, but still, you're going to still need that interaction from that senior leader or that that leader to get that mm-hmm. personal feeling, that personal conversation, that personal intimate mm-hmm. answer uh, experience from that person, because you can only do so much. Right. Snapchat, you can only talk about so much on text messages. But again, you can really see the person's passion or experience through through that intimate conversation. So finding that that person. And so it's you know, it's up to that leader of that squad or that platoon sergeant to really develop his or her soldiers. But if that is not happening in you, if you see a leader that you really admire or think is a good leader. There's nothing wrong with going to that leader and say, uh, sorry, Miller, uh, you know, I like the way you do stuff. I, you know, can you talk about this? Or mm-hmm. I'd like to know a little bit more about this. And what was your experience? Have the same conversation. And, and sorry, Miller will probably be more than elated that someone came up to him and said that. And so, because uh, uh, you never know who's watching you. So that's the reason why, as a leader, you have to always, you know, uh, be on point with stuff because there's a lot of folks watching you and taking cues from what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, I don't want to be like that person, but I do want to be like that person. Mm-hmm. But uh, your leadership is always is is always open and s- sought out by different people. And so, again, if you look for a mentorship. If they're not coming to you to, to be mentored, Go with that person and say, you know, I like the way you do things. So can you tell me about this? And uh, so go after it. Don't don't just wait for it to come. Take that initiative because that's what the Army is all about. Taking an initiative to do things. Because if you sit back and wait, it may not never come. Right. And and I see that so often. And, and you know, you hear all the, the, the regular reasons why maybe it doesn't happen, you know, well, we only see each other for two or three days a month. Yeah. To those soldiers who, that's kind of their fallback. I mean, what what are some ways that these leaders, even throughout the month, and these these young future leaders throughout the month, yeah. can still maintain that 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 communication and that that development process? Because I know there there are a lot of young guys out there, sergeant major, who are hungry for that that leadership yeah. role and yeah. and they want to be better, but maybe they just don't know how to go about it and do it properly. So. Goes back to what I said before. Just because you're E3, E4 doesn't mean you're not a leader. Mm-hmm. So you can throw, still throw out suggestions, recommendations to your leader, and say, "Hey, you know, to keep our communication during the month consistent or uh, on point with each other, why don't we have a a biweekly call with each other mm-hmm. or something to that effect? Uh, you just don't have to communicate just on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so let that leader or let that E4, E5, that's one way to, to start being a leader. Okay, PFC Miller, you're not in charge putting the teleconference together or you're not in charge of putting this communication thing together mm-hmm. to keep that, that communication during the week. And then also, it's just a simple phone call or simple uh, using today's uh, technology because communication is much easier today than it was when I came up because it was just, there was no cell phones. <laughs> it was just telephone or your U.S. mail that we had. We didn't have email. I mean, so I just kind of sit back and wonder how we even communicated back then uh, because those are the two forms of communication we had other than in person on, on the weekend. But now there are so many avenues of uh, uh, communication. And now you can actually, we talked about this earlier prior to the, our uh, setting here, is that using, you know, Microsoft Team. You know, uh, now you can actually have face-to-face being at different locations and it's just like being in, in the same place at the same time. And so uh, it, there's, there's a lot of innovative ways today that you can communicate throughout the month. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's one thing that, that soldiers can use to keep that communication amongst each other and professional development amongst each other during the month as well too, mm-hmm. by just checking on each other, by having those, it, it's on your own time, because you definitely ain't gonna get paid for it, but uh, uh, but again, that that's building the camaraderie, the team that you're trying to strive for with your squad or platoon. 
So we discussed this a little bit already, Sergeant Major, but when you're building your leadership style, that, that young E3 is, is watching, they're starting to learn, they're starting to develop that leadership style. You know, you've got so many different kinds of leaders. You've got that soft-spoken professional. You've got the person whose volume knob is broken. Um, what are some techniques that these young soldiers should be using and, and utilizing when trying to build their, their, their leadership style? So the, the loudest leader is not always the effective leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got a lot of effective leaders who's very quiet. Mm -hmm. So it's, a, it's all about how you, um, how you present yourself and what you're presenting, how effective is that? Mm -hmm. And so don't think that just be, because I'm not a loud leader, I'm not an effective leader. Mm -hmm. or, or don't think that because I'm a loud leader, that I am an effective leader because uh, sometimes you're too loud and nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's about the information you're putting out and how you're putting it out. Now, people know when you're very sincere about certain things. So that's why, you know, uh, leaders who are very quiet probably is a lot more effective than that loud leader mm -hmm. because that loud leader a lot of time is hiding something. Mm -hmm. It's hiding lack of confidence and I'm going to be loud to disguise myself because I don't have that confidence. But mm -hmm. me being loud, people may think that, you know, I'm this leader versus a soft-spoken leader and just can be just as effective. So don't change. So the bottom line is don't change who you are be who you are, mm -hmm. but in your leadership style, make sure you're being, it's effective in how you present it and the quality of it, the truthfulness of it. And, but, but let the soldiers that you're leading understand that you care about them. Mm -hmm. Because in my experience that you know, leaders, not leaders, but soldiers, I, I truly believe that they really don't care how much you really know or how educated you are in a sense. Uh, uh, you try to prove that you, you know, you Mr. Army of, you know, of everything. They don't care about that. What they really care about is how much you really care about them. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be loud if they know I care about you. Mm -hmm. So if I come to Sergeant Miller and Sergeant Miller know that I have a great passion for his well-being, his his career or him promoting him in his career, he's going to follow me because he know I have his or her back mm -hmm. in a sense. So just develop, be the person you are. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it may take you to be vorturous. The setting may cause you to be vorturous, mm -hmm. but sometimes the setting doesn't require you to be vorturous. And so uh, understand that as well, too, when it's time to be loud and when it's time not to be loud. Mm -hmm. And so, again, uh, don't change who you are. But again, that's why I go back to our early conversations that you got certain leaders out there, find out, you know, you know, take a little bit from each type of leadership style and develop your own leadership style mm -hmm. and go from there. And, and it's really interesting that you brought up being authentic, Sergeant Major, because that, that's something that we've heard before. In fact, uh, Colonel Blanchard was in here about a week ago and that was something that he said, you know, he said soldiers can detect when you're not being authentic and, and they're not going to respond to that. They, they want that authentic leader who's honed their own voice and, and who does take interest and, and care for, for the, the soldiers around them, both uh, subordinates and, and seniors. Um, so that, that it is, it is very effective and, and consistently sitting down on this podcast. I mean, we're, we're sitting down with some of the best leaders in today's army national guard and that's consistently the message that that's coming across. So yep. it must be true. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's, it's been effective for me mm -hmm. in a sense, because, uh, I always say that I am a command sergeant major for the soldiers, mm -hmm. meaning that I'm always here for the soldiers. And so, you know, the people that that work with me or uh, staff, so to speak, when we go different places, especially when we're walking, they hate to walk with me because it takes us, you know, a, a while to get from point A to point B because I'm always stopping to talk to soldiers. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, you know, even though I'm the command sergeant major in the Army National Guard, I feel like I'm never too big to, or too busy to stop to talk to soldiers mm -hmm. uh, because it's, you know, uh, I know a lot of folks want to hear what I have to say because of the position I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always willing and openly uh, want to share my experiences or want to hear from them, hear their feedback because their feedback 
or their conversation I had with them helped me determine how the Army needs to move forward mm -hmm. because I'm here to set the policies and regulations uh, for those soldiers that's uh, for today's soldier and for the future soldiers. So I like hearing from soldiers. Another thing that we heard from Colonel Blanchard was seek the hard jobs. Yeah. And those jobs are going to help generate a, a better, more well-rounded leader. What are some jobs or skill sets that these young soldiers should be seeking out in order to in order to get that experience and broaden themselves? So great question. So um, today, you know, um, it, it seems like people want to take the easy way out mm -hmm. of things, but you don't gain the experience taking the easy way out. They're walking on the grass. We walk, <laughs> and I was going to that. We was talking about taking shortcuts at the beginning of this podcast. And so taking the shortcut to get to a certain, but you, when you take that shortcut, you're missing some of the vital experiences you need. So that's why we say take the hard jobs or, or not necessarily take the hard jobs, but take every opportunity to gain that experience to make you a better leader, to make you a better soldier. And so sometimes it's not always going to be easy. And so a lot of folks want to take the easy route because one, they don't want to be embarrassed or they don't want to look weak or they don't want to look incompetent and all that kind of stuff. That's okay because you are learning and nobody knows everything. I'm the, you know, Command Sergeant Major for Army National Guard. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything because I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, I'm not afraid to jump into something. And if I, if I mess up, I just mess up. But, mm -hmm. you know, learn from that mistake. That's how you become a better, better person. Because if everything was perfect, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't need to train because everybody's perfect. So that's why you always talk about maintenance is training. Mm -hmm. Because if things is always fixed and never is broken, then how do you get the experience when you really need the experience to learn how to repair something? So maintenance is training. And so again, seek those, those hard jobs or those experiences, because I always you know, volunteer for things. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's more or less to, you know, in basic training, some things don't volunteer for nothing, but really volunteering for stuff help you get that experience. Mm -hmm makes you a better leader because now you can, when a soldier have an issue, you can personally understand what that issue is, better understand what that soldier is going through because you've been there, done that, and you can have more empathy uh, on, on what the soldier may be going through or understand it better to help you lead in your leadership and, and, and adjust for the time and this and that because, you know, you may want to uh, do some type of training mm -hmm and not really knowing all the things that goes into that training because you never experienced some of the things that may take place in that training, you may have a, the training time you set may not be enough. Mm -hmm. But if you've been through that training and you know those experience, you know the time to set for that particular training. Absolutely. And so that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, when there's an opportunity comes up and if it may seem hard, mm -hmm. okay, no problem, do it anyway because at the end of the day, you're gonna come out as a better soldier and as a better leader at the end of the day. Yeah, well, when you think about it, somebody always had to do it first. There That's was right. always that first person. It's always that first person. So we've touched on it already, Sergeant Major, but one of the most important things that, that an NCO can do and young leaders in general can do is take care of their soldiers both personally and professionally. That's not an easy thing to do though. And, and you, you see these leaders who've got these developed strategies. What are some strategies that these soldiers can utilize to take care of other soldiers professionally and personally? Yeah, so I always say uh, the, the strength of a leader is a leader who take care of their soldiers mm -hmm. personally and professionally and stick with them throughout the situation. Because, you know, I've, I've witnessed to where you have leaders that, uh, Sar Miller and I are, you know, Sar, I'm Sar Miller's, uh, Staff Sar Miller's leader right now. and he's in my squad and we're doing great. And then all of a sudden, Staff Sergeant Miller messes up and get himself in trouble, mm -hmm. military-wise, Army-wise. So I'm going to give Staff Sergeant Miller a stiff arm because he's gonna make the squad look, look worse now because of his mess up. Or Sergeant Miller went out on his personal time and, and did something in the civilian world that got him in trouble. 
So I'm still going to give Staff Sergeant Miller the stiff arm because now he's making my squad look bad. That's the wrong answer in a leadership mm -hmm. role. You stick with the soldier through it all because Staff Sergeant Miller was with the squad when the squad was doing well. Staff Sergeant Miller just took an off step, but it's my job as a leader to get Staff Sergeant Miller back on step again, whether it's personal or professional. Mm -hmm. Now, what me and the conversation me and Staff Sergeant Miller is going to have is, look, I'm here for you. I'm your leader. I'm here to, to go through this situation with you. You're going to be accountable for your actions, but you're still in the squad, and we're going to learn from that and keep moving forward from that. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, that's one thing a leader should understand about assisting people professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. Just because they messed up doesn't mean that you don't become, you don't, you're no longer their leader anymore and, and you leave it to them to handle that situation by itself. No, that's when the soldier really needs the leadership at that point, right? Now, uh, to develop people professionally and personally is again to share as a leader, to share your experience mm -hmm. of, of certain things professionally and and, and uh, uh, personal because, you know, for me, being in the Army over 33 years now, mm -hmm. I've had certain situations I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And today, you know, some of the soldiers may need to under, may have those same situations, but I need to tell them soldier how I was able to navigate through those situations in order to help that soldier navigate because he or she may not know that. Mm -hmm. And so it, that's one way for leaders, and not necessarily a leader. I mean, when you're having conversations amongst your squad, pick a topic. Uh, uh, does anybody have a situation they're going through and they'd like to share? Maybe we can talk about that and get different opinions, recommendations from the people around you. And then you take those recommendations as, as an individual and learn from that and try to incorporate that into your situation. And maybe it can help you. And so that's one way that uh, we, as leaders, as as, as members of the army and your squad, your platoon, the company can grow professionally and, and personally by, by learning from other folks' experiences. And, and to tag off of that, Sergeant Major, I mean, you, you were talking about before staying in contact throughout the month and, and having those, those weekly, weekly calls and, and building that rapport with your soldiers and your leadership, that, that's going to give you that gateway to pull everybody into a huddle and say, hey, listen, you know, does anybody have anything that's going on and, and how can we as a group help you? And if, if they've got that familiarity and that trust, then that's trust. so much easier to do. Trust. Because mm. uh, in order for a person to really tell you what their situation is, they got to be able to trust that, that you're going to help them sincerely and not use it as a negative on them. Right. And so they got to really trust you. And then when you have soldiers in your squad, your platoon, a company being able to to trust you with personal information or personal uh, things they're going through, you really got a close, cohesive team at that point. One of the most popular tools I hear about is a leader's book. Uh, what is a leader's book, Sergeant Major, and what are some things that a leader's book should include, and, and do you have any examples of, of ways that a leader's book has helped you? Yeah. So in my early days, uh, it was really called, it was actually a leader book. Mm -hmm. You actually had a book had the soldier's name, address, phone number, um, you know, the different things, uh, hobby of the soldier, the soldier's married, kid name, birthdays, wedding anniversary, all of that, even a map to the soldier's house if I need to. That was all part of it. And then, you know, the skills, uh, civilian skills, the way he or she worked, what they did in civilian, civilian uh, workplace, and then also mirror that was the army MOS and the different skill sets that he or she, that's all part of that leader's book. Mm -hmm. It's still a leader's book, but in today's time, a lot of folks have this on their phones or computers or, IT, or in an app. I mean, there's all type of different avenues you can put the same information in. So regardless of whether it's in an app or you got it on your phone or it's actually have a hard copy book, the same information is still the same. Mm -hmm. The leader's book is to use for, for as a leader for you to manage, help manage your soldiers, mm -hmm. knowing you know what they're capable of doing and uh, for their skills, what they can bring to the squad, to the platoon of the company. And also, on a personal note, 
getting to know the soldier himself on a personal side of the house, mm -hmm. knowing the soldier, his family, his, if, he, if he or she has a spouse, spouse name, uh, anniversaries, what they do for a living, mm -hmm. kids, and all that. That's what the Leaders book is all about. It's getting to know your soldier. Because mm -hmm. one thing about building a, a, a good team, a good squad, is to know your soldiers personally, not just knowing what they do in the Army, but to know them personally. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Leaders book is all about. So every leader is challenged at some point in their career with that soldier who is unmotivated or unwilling to to grow or learn or improve uh, do you have any advice to that that young soldier who's who's struggling to to break through to the, this troubled soldier you know they've, they've tried the carrot they've tried the stick and just they they can't get through to this soldier so the army is not for everybody mm -hmm. and so we have to have those hard conversations with people now uh, first of all uh, you know, you try to find out why the soldier is not getting it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the MOS that the soldier is, is in is not fitting that soldier. Mm -hmm. And so it goes back to the leader book again. You know, what are some of the things, what are some of the interests of the soldier? What are some of the strong skill sets of that soldier? Mm -hmm. So then maybe we need to find that soldier a different MOS mm -hmm. that he or she may want to do mm -hmm. or love to do and may find themselves in that. But even at that, if, you know, if the soldier's, doesn't have that, you know, skill set that the Army may provide or not willing to do that, then maybe it's time for that soldier to exit the formation at that point. But we want to try to do everything we can to keep the soldier in uniform and try to find that avenue to help motivate that soldier. Because, again, the soldier probably joined the Army to be a, a infantryman, but he or she just don't have the infantry skills. Right. But maybe they better as a medic or maybe they're better as a cook and so before we you know tell the soldier to take the uniform off completely well let's try to find other avenues that he or she may be involved in so there's all kind of different things soldiers can do in the army and not just the first thing they join the army for mm -hmm. and so again personally talking to the soldier finding what he or she uh, likes are what their strong skills are and try to marry that up to whatever they can possibly do in the Army itself. Mm -hmm. It may be, you know, I'm an infantryman, but I may, in civilian world, maybe a mechanic. So why well, I try not being a mechanic in the Army then? You know, that, that's what I'm used to doing. That's what I love. That's my passion. Mm -hmm. And so finding soldiers' passion and love for certain things mm -hmm. to try to help break, you know, motivate that soldier, help them, the soldier get back on track again. Uh, it, it absolutely stands true, Sergeant Major. I mean, uh, I, I'd spent 13 years in, in National Guard and I was coming up on my ETS date. My, I, I just been married. We had a, ch we had, we have a child on the way, um, and and we had uh, a business, and you know we were working at that full time, and you know, being in the formation, I you know, I, I knew I might not be able to bring 100%, and that wasn't okay with me as as a leader if if I couldn't be there 100% of the time, and uh, and then the National Guard Bureau called and said, hey, we know you like cameras. Do you want to come film a podcast for us? And so here we are. So that that absolutely does work. And it does keep soldiers in the formation, yep. uh, even even ones who, you know, might be motivated, but maybe they've just they've hit that wall. That's so, correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, not, you know, they did it for a while and they want to try something different. Mm -hmm. So a lot of soldiers do something different because I always say when a soldier uh, finally takes the uniform off for good, I want he or she to say that I had the every opportunity that 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 I possibly could have been afforded, and I had a great experience doing it all. Mm -hmm. And so the only way we can do that is con continually to seek what the soldier's interest is and try to marry that soldier up to those interests. Now, uh, you brought up a good point about, you know, you was married, new kid, and everything, and th your lifestyle had changed. And so there was some adjustment that needed to be made. Mm -hmm. And so even now, even in the Army National Guard, soldiers need to understand that uh, yes, it's important for you to to be on drill weekend because that's when you know the unit needs you to be on drill weekend. Mm -hmm. But there's a time where you know it's hard to make drill weekend. Have your leaders either you know I always say try to make up drill prior to drill mm -hmm. because when drill comes you're actually present. And so you know try there's always something to do at the units. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lifestyle change and adjustment, talk to your, to your leaders and say, hey, I, for this month, 
I like to come in on these days during the week or whatever the case may be uh, because I, I'm having a hard time making it on drill, schedule drill weekend. That way. And so leaders should be open to that uh, because it's not all the time, but it's just something to help you get through your lifestyle change in order to keep you in uniform, to take care of you and your family. And in that way, when, uh, when you actually get back on track again, everything is good. You're not totally lost. So the bottom line is I want soldiers to understand that there's, you don't always have to show up on drill weekend. There's other avenues to, for you to get credit for drill prior to drill. That's what I promote coming in to do your time prior to drill instead of after drill itself. Kind of converse to that, that soldier who's unmotivated and unwilling to learn. Sometimes you get those young soldiers who are just, they are hungry and, and they, they're, they're skilled and they're talented and you can see the absolute potential in them. And, and sometimes leadership can almost slow that soldier down and then you see that soldier go from, from high speed to unmotivated and unwilling to, to be a part of the formation. What can we do as leaders to pave the road in front of that soldier so that they can, they can get those experiences, that they can get that leadership experience, that they can uh, go to the schools that, they, that they're interested in going to and, and keep that, that high-speed soldier motivated? Yeah. So again, try to afford every opportunity for that soldier who's highly motivated and delegate. Mm. You know, as a leader, you have a lot of things on your plate. And so if you have a soldier who's willing and motivated to, uh, to do things, try to delegate some of that things that you have on your plate to that soldier to help you. And in return, it's going to help the whole, whole uh, squad, whole platoon, whole company in a sense. So uh, when you identify those soldiers, delegate some of your, your tasks to those soldiers to help you. And that, that'll help continue to develop that soldier to become that leader and also satisfy his hunger or her hunger to be motiv keep motivated as they move through uh, their time in the uniform. Mm. So we've developed ourselves as leaders, Sergeant Major, and we've started to develop those soldiers and everything's looking good. Now drill weekend is here. And, and sometimes drill weekend, it just feels like you got to fit 10 pounds of stuff into a five pound bag. How can soldiers and, and leaders approach a drill weekend beforehand and set themselves up for success that they're able to hit all of those checkboxes to make sure that they're they're accomplishing the mission, that they're training the standard not to time, and they're making most of every minute at drill weekend. So again, uh, you're absolutely right. It seemed like you have so much, so many things to do on drill weekend, and not enough time to do it. Uh, so the commanders of the units uh, they prioritize what needs to be done, and uh, and based on that, you got to remember. Drill Weekend is not going to make anybody a submit as an expert in anything. Mm -hmm. The purpose of Drill Weekend is to keep you familiarized with your skill sets and not lose your skill. Mm -hmm. It's to keep you familiarized with it and go from there. So it's, it's good to prioritize what needs to be done, what have to be done, and, and, and if anything is low-hanging, uh, we can get to that. So it's all about prioritization of, of the things that needs to be done. And so you, you focus on that and you'll be okay. Hmm. And that was, that was something we found in, in, in my unit, Sergeant Mayor, was we would, we would have a, a squad leader and team leader call a week before drill and say, hey, listen, like this is the drill schedule. These are the things that changed since the last time we spoke. These are the things that, that we absolutely have to get done. And this is the frago that came in from left field. Uh, so how do you as a group think that we should uh, tackle this? The, the platoon sergeant would stand back and say, hey, listen, I have a plan. I want to hear from you what, what you think uh, we can do to, to make the most of this. And uh, these are the concerns I have in terms of time or in terms of resources. And I found coming together as a group, it, it really did change the game for us. It made our drill weekends, one, more enjoyable, but significantly more productive too. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, you may have a, a schedule plan and then the frag will come in to kind of change that. So depending on what that fraggle is, it may not take the entire squad, entire platoon to satisfy that change. Mm -hmm. It may just take one or two people to satisfy that change. So when I, when I talk about prioritization, that's why you have to look into and see how this is going to affect my squad, how it's going to affect the whole platoon or company. Mm -hmm. Does it take everybody to change it? No. Well, then let's assign a couple of people to it and, and knock out that task and we can still move forward with the original plan itself. So all about prioritization and troop to task mm -hmm. is always a key. When you have a sign a task, what is 
the requirements for that task. And it goes back to troop to task. How many people is going to take to complete this task? Not every, it don't takes, every task don't always take everybody to complete it. Some do, but, uh, but some don't. A lot of them don't. So it's always troop to task to, in order to complete those assignments. I, I love that perspective, Sergeant Major. Leaders will often spend weeks and months leading up to any given drill weekend planning and, and setting things forward. And then, again, that, that frago comes in and maybe that whole plan blows up. What can those soldiers, those team leaders, those squad leaders do to make the most of those white spaces that appear in the schedule, those, those big blocks of unallocated time where... Up until this point, that, that drill weekend was packed full because, again, it, it does. Sometimes you have a drill weekend where you've just got too much to do, and sometimes you've got drill weekends where there's not enough to do. How can soldiers and leaders uh, take advantage of that that time? So, again, go back to prioritization mm -hmm. and then always have some type of uh, training, mm -hmm. be prepared for training um, in those spaces that we consider white space. And it, it goes back to what we call hip pocket training. Mm -hmm. And so everything doesn't have to be in a PowerPoint situation. Mm -hmm. Just a group of soldiers sitting, sitting down together underneath a tree, as we used to say back in the day, or in a parking lot, or in a classroom, or in a drill hall floor. As long as you're having some type of discussion or actually going through some type of task, mm -hmm. task condition standard type training, that's training. And so uh, you get a sign-in roster. It don't have to be pretty. <laughs> Write it down. This is the training you conducted. Have everybody, you know, date it, sign it, uh, last four or whatever is required for uh, DTMS, uh, and, and have, have it submitted to the readiness seal for training. And so always, a leader should always have uh, some type of prepared training for that white space. Mm -hmm. It can just be as simple as uh, you know, we, we talk about suicides. Well, let's just talk about suicide in our squads. You know, uh, what's your opinion about it? Do you know of anybody who've, you know, that's, that's still training. Mm -hmm. And so always have some prepared uh, for when you have those white space that you can, that you can train on. And, and you bring up such a good point, Sergeant Major, because, uh, you know, that, that whole concept of, of signing in, you know, typically when, when soldiers look at hip pocket training, they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do this thing and it's just going to go into the, the ether. Uh, but having that sign in roster, it gives ownership to that training. It's, Hey, this is, this is now real. It's, it's, right. it's, it's tangible. It's something that, that the unit's going to track or the state's going to track. And, you know, it, it reflects well on, on the company, the platoon, the squad, and, and it gives that, those soldiers that sense of ownership too. That's so that, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it don't always have to be, you know, a PowerPoint setting or in a classroom setting, just as long as you're doing something that's promoting the army mission, the army values, the army way of life, that's training and you document it mm -hmm. and it's, and it's, uh, uh, submit it for uh, for record of training, you're trained. Hmm. Well, Sergeant Major, we kind of wrap up every segment with a couple of questions. Uh, the first is, uh, is there any particular resource or tool that you would recommend to young soldiers or leaders looking to further develop themselves? Well, there's, there's so many um, uh, tools out there hmm. for soldiers to learn. Uh, I mean, because of technology, social media, uh, internet, mm -hmm. there's a lot of YouTube. YouTube, there's a lot of things soldiers can continue to learn. And so if you if a soldier feel weak, feel like they're weak in certain skills or, uh, or certain information, I constantly just take the initiative to, to use today's technology to educate yourself mm -hmm. on certain things, not wait for someone to come tell you. Because I always use the example that E4 get promoted to E5. Now, now that I'm that E5 sergeant, I'm automatically uh, uh, viewed by the E4, E3, E2 population as an NCO, mm -hmm. as a subject matter expert on how to resource things. Mm. Keyword: resource, not know, but resource. Mm. So. Understand that just because you're a leader, you shouldn't 
think that you should know everything, right. but you should be able to know how to resource to provide information to folks to go do the research or whether go look for information, mm -hmm. but also have some knowledge yourself about certain things of the Army because now all of a sudden you went from the person seeking the information to the person providing the information mm -hmm. itself. So constantly take the initiative to learn and not wait for other folks to come uh, uh, tell you what to learn or how to yeah. learn itself. And so there's the tools are out there. So constantly uh, uh, utilize that, especially when you know your own weakness. Mm -hmm. uh, get smart on your own and then that way it makes you a better leader. Right. And it's, it holds so true, Sergeant Major, because I mean, when you go to the basic leadership course or the advanced leadership course, the majority of the course is, is research and you do learn quite a bit, but really you're learning that, that good research skill. And, and so, yeah, it absolutely holds true that that's your most powerful tool. If you're looking to develop yourself is just your ability to research and find the information. Yes. Learn how to research that information, but also as a leader, giving guidance to the soldiers of where to find that information. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about uh, professional relationships with soldiers and, and, and building skill sets. Looking back at your National Guard career so far, what has been your biggest lesson learned and your key to success? Well, lesson learned, the biggest one. Hmm. Got to think about that because I've had a whole bunch of lesson learns. Uh, but I think... Uh, the key to my success is that uh, one, I, like I said earlier, I've, I'm a soldier. Mm -hmm. uh, the the rank doesn't make me a soldier. I make the rank. Mm -hmm. So understanding that that even though I'm the command sergeant major, I'm guard, I'm still a soldier, and I don't think that I'm too high uh, that I cannot talk to soldiers at any rank itself. So staying humble. Uh, to that is one thing that's been one of my key to my successes. Uh, the second thing to my success is to the ability to, to allow other folks to um, make recommendations, uh, you know, state their opinions on different things, and then I base my, my guidance or, or my way forward based on what I hear from other folks. Mm -hmm because I'm not, I don't know everything. And I'm all about the organization. So when you make decisions based on the organization and not the person or a particular person, then you're gonna be successful. Mm -hmm. And so that's been uh, another key to my success. Another, I feel like a key to my success is that uh, the ability to change your mind. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So just because I made a decision on something initially, doesn't mean that it has to continue to go that, that route, mm. especially when things change, the environment around you changes. Right. And so I think it's kind of uh, indicative that, that you don't change mm -hmm. because then you're headed toward failure. And so just because you change your mind doesn't mean you're weak. Right, absolutely. So uh, you take the conditions at hand and base your decision um, based on the conditions around you. And if you have to change your mind, you change your mind. Mm -hmm. But don't feel like you are, you, you're appearing weak in front of the others just because you change your mind. Right. You change your mind for the betterment of the organization. You change your mind to complete the mission because things around you change. So I think that's one of the, uh, another key to my success is that I've been able to not feel um, that I've lost my authority or my leadership uh, because I changed my mind on something. Sure. Well, I, and, and it's it's so interesting that you say that, Sergeant Major, because, you know, the, the, the fear of changing one's mind, I think that's an ego thing. And, and humility is in, I think it was Marcus Aurelius that said, uh, humility is the only antidote to ego and pride. And, and when when you when you are humble, like you were mentioning, you know, you don't you don't care if somebody's going to look at you as weak because you are looking at this objectively, your ego isn't getting in the way and preventing you from making the change that's necessary. So you, you bring up ego, so that's another thing. Mm. Do not allow your ego to get in front of you. Mm -hmm. Because when you do, it's hard to reel it back. Yep. And so uh, uh, make sure your ego is always in check mm. because uh, your ego could be a downfall to your leadership mm -hmm. 
versus a positive to your leadership. To your right. leadership. Yeah. So uh, don't, don't, never let your ego get in front of you. Mm -hmm. Always keep that in check. Absolutely. Well, Sergeant Major, that concludes our program today. Thank you so much for coming back and, and sharing a lot of your, your wisdom and your experience. You know, it, it, listening to you speak, at least me personally, I mean, I, I look back at, at things that I, I was doing as a leader and, and like, oh, well, I need to adjust this. And, and this is a good point. I didn't even think about it like this. So I, I hope the, the folks listening in this podcast get that, that same feeling out of it. And we walk away as a better and more agile force. So, Sergeant Major, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, and I'm here to, to support uh, the program, the podcast, and develop future leaders, because uh, uh, my days are, are getting close to where I exit the uniform, and I want to ensure that, that I've done all I can to set the organization up for the future and set uh, young leaders up for success to continue uh, the Army as it continued, the Army National Guard too, as it continued to roll along itself. So uh, again, I'm here for you. I'm a command sergeant major for the soldiers. Mm -hmm. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. Yeah, thank you, Sergeant Major. And, and you know, just to tag off of that, Marcus Aurelius said, the only wealth that is eternal is the wealth that you give away and you are giving away a wealth of knowledge. That is wonderful. Thank you. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed today, please contact us through our social media pages in the links below. Tune in to Leaders Recon over the next few weeks as we bring in today's leaders and pioneers to discuss their experiences, share their wisdom, and help you grow as a leader. We will also be announcing opportunities to sharpen your skills and expand your toolbox as members in today's Army National Guard. See you next time. If you like this episode of Leaders Recon, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.